So, I'm going to go really fast because I know we have limited time. Um, yeah. Okay, so my goal for this whole time is for you to come away feeling equipped, able to take one of your friends through the scriptures. Okay, so for some coworker in your life, one of your classmates is being like, I bet I could get that guy to just study John chapter 1 with me. You should, I'll just, you know, let's have a cup of coffee and let's just study John chapter 1. Okay, that's, that's my goal is that for you guys to feel, feel able, feel equipped to be like, I can do this. I can, I can go out there and I can invite someone and we can study John chapter 1 together. So, um, yeah, I titled this Scripture Study as a Means of Evangelism. Okay, we often think of evangelism as handing out tracts, going door to door, all those things, which are effective means of evangelism. Okay, those, those are really real forms of evangelism. But this is another. It's just walking uh, people through the scriptures. And you, you guys can totally do this, okay? So um, if I think in my life, I've done a fair amount of evangelism. I've done, I've done handing out tracts. I've gone door to door. And to, to be honest, if I think in my life, how many people can I think of that have come to Christ through me handing them a tract, sharing the gospel? And I've probably done this hundreds of times. How many do you think in my life I could say, I could point to and say? Zero. Not one. I've handed out hundreds of tracts. And, and I still think it's an effective me- means. It's a, good, it's a good method. I believe that whenever the gospel is communicated to someone, there's a chance that the Spirit of God could take that word and ignite their heart and cause them to believe. So I think, I mean, I even think street preaching is a great means of evangelism. Anything. Any way you're communicating the gospel is a great means. But I, in my life, if doing all this tract sharing, I've never seen anyone come to Christ. I mean, maybe they take it home, read it and something and get saved, but I've, I've never seen that. Um, but I do have people in my life that I could go on my Facebook, not many, but a few that I could say, that guy, I'm pretty confident is a believer because we met together and studied the scriptures. And that guy, we spent a whole semester going through the book of John, and I can look at him now, and he's walking with the Lord. He's doing well. Like, I can't do that with how many tracks I've shared out. But there is a few people in my life. So, um, yeah. So this here is, this is very practical. This is my, uh, I call this my idealistic model of like taking people through the Bible as evangelism because it's idealistic in the sense that I um, I don't always do this perfectly well. I wish I did these things better. Um, I think I'd be more successful if I did um, that, but I don't. So this is if if I if I could do my very best every time, this is the way I would want it to go, or something like this. So um, I just wanted to kind of start out and put I put some verses up here um, because I. I so agree with the topic of this weekend, that words with power, using the sufficiency of scripture in evangelism. Um, I think, I just, I, I love this topic because I see it in the scriptures so much. Um, and I just put some of these verses in Mark 4.14. You guys might know this parable, the parable of the sowers, the four different types of soils. Uh, only one is true faith. The other three fall away or get scorched by the sun. Or, yeah. So, but in this it says, it just, when I was living overseas, this really struck me one day. It says, the sower sows the word. And if I'm thinking, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm an evangelist, I'm a missionary here, we're all doing this, so what should we do? We're the sowers, we're supposed to sow the seed. We're supposed to throw the seed out there, um, and God will deal with the results. Some people will come to faith, some won't, but all I do is share the word. I just throw these seeds out there anywhere and everywhere. That's my job. I'm the sower. So what does the sower sow? The word. Okay, the words. We, I need to know the word of God so I can be sharing it with people. I need to know the gospel, the words of this, the message of this book. I want to know it so I can share it, so I can throw seed out. Okay, next verse, Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Okay, we know the only way to get saved is through faith, right? We all need faith. 
We all believe that. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, faith. Well, how do we get faith? I mean, well, this verse gives us a clue. So faith comes by hearing. Okay, well, hearing what? Hearing by the word of Christ. So if any of you are a Christian here, which I hope most of you are, you came to Christ by hearing the words of Christ. Or you came to faith by hearing the words of Christ. So, okay, what again? What do I need to do as an evangelist? Get the word of Christ out there. Um, next passage, same thing, 1 Peter 1.23. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. So just cut out that middle and look what it says there. For you have been born again through the living and enduring word of God. So if you've been born again today and you're here, it's through the word of God. Without the word of God, none of you would have any faith. It's through the word of God that you've come to faith. So that's what I'm saying. I love this because I think this, I love this topic because I think it's so biblical. Um, and, we sh- and we ought to know it if we're going to be evangelists. And if we're, effective, if we're a Christian, we're going to be an evangelist. First um, Peter 2, 2. Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Okay, and so you might look at this and say, well, this doesn't really seem quite like evangelism, but it's more like these are people already saved, and they're growing in respect to salvation. And I say, yeah. So whether they're a lost person or whether it's saved, they both need the word of God. Because even if it's, so even a discipleship relationship, they grow by the word of God. So if, if uh, me, as my own Christian, how am I going to grow in my walk with the Lord? By the word of God, by knowing it. I want to grow. I need to long for this pure milk of the word. Um, Galatians 3, 5. Um, I, this verse has been really been, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. So then, does he who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you, do it by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And I love this because he who, provides you with the Spirit. Present continuous, this ongoing giving of the Spirit. He who provides you with the Spirit. So we know that when someone believes, they hear the gospel, they believe, God puts his Spirit inside them. They're sealed with it for all eternity. Um, but there's another sense when God can give us more of his Spirit. That we can walk in the Spirit. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, according to this, how can I get more of the Spirit in my life? Well, it's by hearing. Well, it doesn't really say, but hearing What? Hearing the words of Christ, hearing, hearing the Bible. So if I want to grow and have a, be spirit-filled, I need the Bible in my life. A great quote that I always think of when I ever, anyone says anything about walking with the Spirit. Tozer, he says, um, The Spirit-filled man lives in, in the Scriptures like a fish lives in the sea. So think about that. A fish lives in the sea. It's always in the sea. It's always there 100% of the time. And so if you want to be a Spirit-filled man or woman, how can you do about that? Live in the Scriptures. Let it be your life. Okay, it can't just be just a little, I uh, check off this quiet time in the morning, did that, read my one chapter, you know, this little devotional deal. No, it's like, this is your life. This is your treasure. This book is, you know, you're, you're thinking about it all day long. Psalms 1, how blessed is the man who meditates on the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. I mean, that's what we got to be. I mean, that's, if we want to be spirit-filled people, that's, it's through the word. And so I, I titled this Keys to Leading People Through the, the Scriptures as Evangelism or Discipleship. Um, okay, so evangel- I said, I said evangelism or discipleship. Yes, this is more about evangelism, but it's also discipleship because in Matthew 7, Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. Okay, you will know true Christians by their fruit. So when I meet someone on the street and say they're a Christian, I say, that's great. But in, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, well, everyone says they're a Christian. And I'll say, give me six months to watch your life, and I'll tell you if I start to think you're a Christian or not. Because to me, it doesn't mean anything. In, the, in our day and age, it doesn't mean anything to say you're a Christian. And so we'll know them by their fruits. So a lot of times, when I meet up with somebody, I don't know if they're truly converted or not. I don't know if they're a Christian. I don't know if they're, 
um, where they're at. I mean, it's, I, can't, I can't look into the depths of their heart and say, oh, this person's truly saved or not. And so it might be evangelism, it might be discipleship. And so I, either way, according to these verses, they both need the word. And so I'm just going to get them the word. And so that's why, that's why you can do this with people that you think already know the Lord. You can do this with people that you know are lost. And it's really the same thing. Um, and if you guys are like me, in the church, we hear over and over again, um, you should be making disciples. That's the Great Commission, make disciples. But just like, okay, well, I know I need to be making disciples, but I don't have the people like banging down my door saying, disciple me. You know, like there's not this big long line of people that want me to disciple them. It's next to none, you know? And so I'm thinking, I know I should be involved in discipleship, but there's no one that wants, so how, how can I go and get these disciples, essentially? Well, I started to think about this. What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't, it's not like the disciples necessarily came to him and were like, can I follow you? No, Jesus said, follow me. You follow me. So he went out and found them. And so I think we should do the same thing. And and again, it's either evangelism, discipleship. It's just like, I think this guy in my math class, I know he went to my church as a kid and and maybe I could just, if I say, I'll buy you lunch, we just meet up and I'll, let's just go through John chapter one. And you know, we have a good time and he enjoys it. We study John chapter one together. I say, hey, let's do this next week. You know, let's go through John chapter 2. And so you just meet. So we can say six months later, you finish the book of John, and you're like, you're looking at that guy's life, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing drastic changes in his life. And I'm saying, I, I knew he was lost, but he, you know, he might be saved now. He might have truly come to faith. And so then, it's no longer evangelism. It's now kind of shifted over into, I'm just discipling him through the word. And so this is how, to me, this is how I've been involved in discipleship. It's just, whoever wants to meet up, that's great. Let's do it. Let's, let's go and and, I can, I, and if I can't, I'll go find people and say, hey, let's do this. And so, yeah, so I just encourage you, you guys can all do this. You can think of the people in your life who would be, you'd be willing to do this with. Um, so these are my, the kind of what I keys that I put through. First one is devote yourself to prayer. Uh, Colossians 4, 2 through 6, great passage on evangelism. Wish we had more time to study it. Um, but it, it essentially says devote yourself to prayer. And one of the things in doing so is praying for an open door for the gospel. And so, again, I say this is idealistic because I wish I did this more in my life. I wish, because when I'm at home and I'm thinking, God, would you please just open up a door today at work? Would you please somehow let my secretary, which something in her life caused cause her to ask a question or bring up some topic, and can I think of a clever way to bridge over to the gospel? Um, when, when I'm praying that at home, when I go to work, I'm looking for it. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, okay, Lord, where's it at, you know? But if I don't, if I'm not praying that at home, I'll go to work and just be on my computer all day and, you know, eight to five days gone and I haven't thought about the Lord once or, you know, or about reaching anyone. And so uh, devoting yourself to prayer. And so this whole process, I'm saying bathe in prayer. If you're meeting up with someone, just be, be praying for them. Be, God, would you, would you help this guy um, see this? Would you help this guy see the sinfulness of his own heart? You know, or just, you know, God, would you cause this man to be born again? Would your word change him today? Like devote, so this whole process, devote it, um, devote yourself to prayer. This whole thing, bathe in prayer. Um, so here, choose a book of the Bible to be your evangelism discipleship curriculum. Okay, so in college, I was involved in a similar type college youth group type group. And we used to have these online discipleship print-off sheets that had this like, you like, had like a question, had to fill in the blank, look up Ephesians 2 2 and fill in the blank, and then the next flip one down, fill in the blank. And that's good, but I kind of got to say, like, man, these are kind of lame. Like, it's just like, what God's given us is word. Why are we, why do we have to make, I'm going off of what some man put together, cherry picking verses. Like, I just said, why not I just use the word of God? 
to disciple people or to walk people through. And so that's my conviction. That's it. Just choose a book of the Bible. When I say choose one, um, Phil, you want to do me a favor? Yes. Did you look up John 20, 20 31? Um, yeah, I say choose one book of the Bible because we don't have time. I, mean, I don't have time to be super um, studied up on every book of the Bible. So I've just kind of said, I want the book of John. I want to be very familiar with it. I'm more, more familiar than I am with all the other. Hold on one sec, brother. And then, um, so I can, so, I, so if someone came up to me an hour and said, hey, let's, let's study John chapter one. I could be like, all right, let's do it. And I can have like, I can be prepared to do that and have a good understanding of most things in that passage because I've studied it before and it's my go-to book. And so, and, and then I, throughout the week, I don't have to prepare as much because I've already familiarized with myself with it. And so I encourage you all to think about what could be my go-to book. Um, and hopefully one day, like the whole New Testament is our go-to books, but we're not there yet, right? Um, so, so think about what could be a good evangelism discipleship curriculum book. And so I'm saying the Gospel of John, what are some other good books in the Bible that we could use? Like, would you want to use Deuteronomy for this? No. no, right? You're going to get bogged down lots. It's going to be boring. It's going to be weird. Like, it's a great book. We need to study it. We need to know it, but not at this evangelism time. So what are some good books of the Bible that we could use for this? John. John and Galatians. Galatians, Romans, great. Those are, so I think, I think the four that seem to make the most sense to me are the Gospels. You're just learning about Jesus, just like what Chavez was saying. You're teaching them stories of Jesus' life. Um, we go ahead and read John, that passage there, John 20. 20, 30, and 31, right? Yeah. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Right. So this is the purpose statement of John. That's great. Like when I say John, I always keep referring back to this because he said, these things were written so that you may believe that Jesus is in the Christ and that you may have life in his name. So if I'm witnessing, I'm, gonna, I'm like trying to win people to Christ. John wrote this book for that purpose. So why, if I'm going to study a book, that just, to me, John's like, you know what, that, that's my go-to. Uh, it just makes the most sense to me. Um, but, like, do you think you said Galatians and Romans? So those are, those are two other great, Ephesians might be a good book as well. But I, I, like, I like Galatians, especially when I know someone's come to faith. That's the, Galatians was one of the first books written to the early church. And so Paul wrote this to give them an understanding, a deeper understanding of the gospel. And so when I, I think this is a guy who knows the Lord. I really want to go through Galatians because I think this can really build them up and disciple them. But if it's lost, a lost person, I'll, I'll tend to go to John more. Um, but yeah, and Romans would be a great book too. But you also got to think, Romans is thick. And it's like a long time. And you're probably not going to be able to do a chapter at a time. You might be able to get through 10 verses. And Romans is a long book. And that take, may take you a couple of years to get through this time. So I would, say, I would suggest a smaller one like Galatians or Ephesians to do this. Because you can just go a smaller chunk and, and not seem like you're never going get to get out of the book. Um, yeah, so next thing. Work your way through the books, uh, passage by passage or chapter by chapter, as you meet each week. So, yeah, you just... That's just the plan. You just meet and you say, okay, this week we're going to do John chapter 1. You want to meet again? Do John chapter 2. You just work your way through the book. Um, this, I think this is good because we always have little hobby horse um, topics that we want to talk about. We all, you know, like little things that I'm constantly, I constantly want to talk about the gift of the Spirit or something like that. And so we're constantly, people will just kind of direct any conversation back to that. But, um, but we, 
it's just much easier if you're, pa- if you're working through a passage. You're, you're teaching everything that God wanted to be communicated. So every topic, even if it's a topic you might not want to communicate, here's this big thing, exposition on the wrath of God. You're like, well, we got to go there. You know, they might not really like this, but and so you're just working your way through the passage, dealing with whatever God has laid out. Not so much, I think they need this. I think they need more on prayer. I think they need more. It's just like, okay, well, whatever God's laid out, they're going to get. And that's why I love expositional preaching like Pastor Brian does. We're just getting whatever is in the text. When he's not choosing, you know, cherry-picking different ideas. It's just whatever is in the text. Um, so study the passage at hand before each meeting in your individual times with the Lord. Okay, so I, you need to study the passage before you meet. And if you're like me, you guys are busy. You're full-time students. You're maybe leading a Bible study outside of this. And you just don't have a ton of time. And so what I've found is that I don't have time to have my own time with the Lord in the morning and then have another time where I'm, I'm studying for this meeting that I'm going to have. So I, need, I have to like blend those into one. So if I'm studying Galatians 3, I'm, it's in my quiet time. I'm going through Galatians 3 because I want, I want it to be changing me. I want God's word to be affecting me. I mean, think of Trav's message that he just gave. You could tell he loved that story. He loved the Jesus behind that story. He, he was just so excited about it. And you can tell that. And so when I sit, go through a passage with somebody and I'm just, and it's just cold and I haven't studied it that much, it doesn't really mean that touch to me, they'll pick up on that. But if they're like, man, this passage is really affecting Joe. He really, he really believes in the stuff that the Bible says. He really is, like it means something to him. They, they, it's attractive to them. They get excited about it just like you're excited about it. Um, and so yeah, so two reasons there to, Use it in your quiet time. You're getting, you're getting fed off it yourself, and you're saving time. Um, so, yeah, that's my suggestion there. Uh, let's see. Seek to answer your, all, your own questions. And then the, the, the bullet point below, uh, watch out for theological pitfalls in the passage. So um, these kind of go together. But just as you read the passage throughout the week before you meet, think about what are they going to stumble over? I mean, there might be some theological passage that's just like really deep and it'd be really easy for them to interpret this crazy. And, and I mean, there's just some passages that are really difficult. And so we need to be prepared for those and prepared for them to come, have good answers for them, have a good explanation. So, so watch out for those. Um, and there's just things you don't understand. There might be, I mean, why did Paul say, use that word there? And so a lot of times when I don't know, I'll just look in my study Bible or I'll I love to listen to sermons, and I can listen to sermons at work sometimes. So I'll just okay, what did I want to know what Pastor Brian had to say about that? You know, what did he? What is it? Or I want to know what John Piper said about that. So I'll look up and listen to their sermon. Um, so yeah, study the passage. Okay, prepare questions that you can use to lead the time together. Um, so this is what I love to do when I study the passage in my in the morning in my quiet time. I'll just I'll just as I'm going through it, I'm thinking, okay. What's a, so I say John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. Okay, what is the beginning? Write out the answer. Um, what does he mean when he says the word? Write out the answer. And so I've, I've kind of, I'm just like working through, whenever I see there's a good place for a question or an obvious question, I'll, I'll put it in. Um, and I kind of put some things to help you think through this. Um, what questions will they naturally ask? You know, some, you just read some passage, they're naturally going to ask, what is that? What, you know, you, so you want to have that question, answer, you've thought about it. Um, Next one, what questions could I use to draw their attention to something deeper in the passage and expand their understanding? So, I mean, lots of times they just read a passage, they'll just glance over it, but you could ask a question that really kind of uncovers something deep in the text that really causes them to think about it. Like, well, why did Jesus say that to him? You know, or why? And they're just like, man, what? And they're thinking about it. And you're giving them time to wrestle with the scripture in their mind. 
Okay? And then, um, what questions could I ask that would cause them to reflect on their own life? Um, how, could I, how could I ask them a question that's going to bridge this gap over from this text into their own life? Um, what, what, what kind of question, you know, how, what does this look like in your life? How have you, how does, have you noticed, you know, just some question. And so I, when, I'm, when I'm preparing for this, I'll just have a list of questions and answers. And so then when we meet, um, it's not, I have like something to kind of work through. And it flows pretty smoothly because I can just, you know, ask a question, give them answers, we talk about it. Next question, ask that question, we talk about it. It just, it's really, it's just natural because I've, I've just got something I can go to next and just work my way completely through the passage. Um, okay, let's see, what else? So be prepared to answer every question that you ask. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, make sure if you're going to ask a question, make sure you have an answer for it. Um, teach only what the passage teaches using the questions that you have prepared. Okay, so again, like, we just want to teach what the passage teaches. We don't want to go to our hobby horse ideas. We don't want to be like reading John chapter 1 and, and then talking about end times stuff because it's not there you know we just want to be dealing with whatever is in the text we want to address that we don't want to it's just you don't want to talk about something that you may know is true in other scriptures but you're kind of away from your foundation because you're just right here in this text this is my foundation if i talk about this it might be true but now i'm kind of like i don't have anything to directly support what i'm saying so that's why i think it's just stick to whatever is right here and teach that um, and then yeah be honest about or I said, don't use theological words that you can't find in the scriptures. Um, this is, Christians love this. We love to use theological words to make ourselves sound awesome and theological. But they're just, to a lost person, they're not helpful. If you, if you say, oh, that's Calvinism, or, you know, they're just like, they don't know what Calvinism, they're blank, you know. You just use theological words that are in the text. Like, there is some big words, like propitiation. That's in the Bible. Um, righteousness. Like, we throw those words around, like righteousness, you hear that a lot, but a lost person won't know what righteousness means. And so you've got to kind of unpack those words. So use those big theological words if they're in the text. But, you know, there's no reason to throw in these big other theological words. Just leave those out. Um, and then be honest about what you know and don't know. There's sometimes you can, you'll just come to things that you won't have a good answer for. Um, and a good example of this is flip to Mark 6. Um, one time I was leading a Bible study through the book of Mark. And I got asked a question that I was not prepared for. Um, yeah, so look at Mark 6:48, and just start, start in verse 47. Kind of a familiar story. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and intended to pass them by. Okay, so this is like, you know, Jesus calmed the storm. Boats out there, it's crazy water. Jesus is walking on the sea out to them. Um, and as we're walking through this, this guy asked me, well, why did Jesus intend to pass them by? And, and I like looked at him, that is, he's like, why would Jesus want to leave him out there? I mean, what's he doing? Like, Jesus, they're out there, they're, they're freaking out, and he's just going to leave him out there and just walk all the way to the other shore? Like, and like, and, I, was, and I, was, I was like, I have no idea. So I went home, and I, I tried to like research, you know, what is that? And I still don't know. I still don't know why that's there. I don't know why. Like, why is that in there? Why is Jesus intending to pass that? What's that trying to feel? I have no idea. And I even asked Pastor Brian. I was like, Pastor Brian, what does this mean? Why is this here? And he goes, I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, look at this passage too. He said, look at Mark 4.36. Um, and, he, and he said, he said, look at this. And this is the story that Travis was just preaching from. Um, 
And so, so I'll start in verse 5. On that day when the evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side of the sea. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with him in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. Okay, so here's a story that we just heard about. Jesus going over. It's a crazy storm. Jesus sleeping in the boat, wakes up, calms the sea. Well, it says there's other boats out there. And Pastor Brian was like, what are these other boats doing out there? I mean, are there just like spectators watching? Like, why? why? I mean, what are they doing there? We have no idea. It's a crazy, bad storm. And there's other boats with them? And it's like, and Pastor Brian was like, I don't know. You know? And so sometimes I just say all this to say, like, we're not going to know everything. And it's completely okay to say, I don't know. Well, let me go research and come back and say, I still don't know. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, we don't know. It's okay. Um, next thing. Uh, Keep it interesting. This is huge, okay? This is evangelism. So we need to be winful people, okay? Think about um, if you're a missionary to China. You're going to go over there, and you're going to learn Chinese, first step. Then you're going to try and learn little sayings and things that people like to joke about and what do they use to talk small talk. Because you want to be natural. You want to be natural. You go meet up with, meet, meet some people, and you want to find a way, how can I bridge over to the gospel? And so you're thinking about how can I be natural um, we need to do the same thing. We're Americans here as missionaries, as Christians. And so I want to be as natural as possible. I want to be good at small talk. You know, I want to be comfortable where people are like, man, I can talk to him. It's natural. And so, and so the same for this uh, time when you're meeting together. This, I mean, this could be painfully awkward for the people. And they could be like, that was so awkward. And I don't ever want to go back. I like Joe, but that was just painful. You know, and I'm not going to go back. And so you got to think, okay, how can I make this a little bit fun for them? I mean, you don't need to be a comedian, but how can I make it so um, they come away and say, man, you know, we read the Bible together, something I've never done in my entire life, but it was fun. You know, I enjoyed it. I'll come back again. Uh, we'll, we'll do that again because they, they enjoyed it. And maybe, you know, John chapter 13, they come to Christ because you've made this time enjoyable. And so how some ways to do that. Um, so I said, you know, have them read. Don't, like, if they, let them read the passage. Uh, a lot of times, in, even in Bible studies, there'll be, like, one or two guys that are super quiet, that don't talk. Like, as you, as you lead, you're like, how can I bring that guy in? Like, I want to get him involved. How can I maybe ask him a question specifically? Or just what ways can I get them in so they're, um, they're enjoying it? Laugh together. Um, ask the questions. Let them talk. Don't just ask a question and then you answer the question. Like, you just let, let them be. Make it an enjoyable time. Um, yeah. Uh, if they want to invite others. Sometimes they'll be like, man, I got this other friend that I think he would like to come. They'll be like, great, yeah, bring him in. I mean, the more the merrier. Let's, yeah, let's just let's bring another, another lost person that can hear the gospel. That's awesome. Like, dude, just, just let it be a good time. Um, select one or two main ideas to focus on and emphasize. Like, sometimes in a passage, there'll be a huge chunk of stuff. Like, I think of like John chapter 6. Like, that's a huge. There's a lot of theological stuff in there. There's a lot. You, you just think about, okay, as we work our way through all this, what's just one thing I can maybe say, want them to think about as they go home? What's this one kind of idea that I want them to wrestle with throughout the week? How can I ask a question right at the end that causes them to think about this? Um, okay, and then uh, this, this next one's big. The goal, okay? This is for them to come away and praising and loving Christ, not you, Okay? You want them to be more in love with Christ afterwards than when they got there. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I need to hear this over and over again because I, I like to be good at whatever I do. And so if I'm, if I'm going to be like, okay, I want to I do a good job of this. I want them to think I'm doing a good job of this. And so I, I, I'll find myself, man, I hope they thought that I, I did a good job there. They, you know, so 
I hope they think I did a good job. And like, oh, that Joe really knows the book of John. He really knows the Bible. Like, that's not what we want. We don't want, we want them to forget us. We want them going like, man, did you see what Jesus did there? Did you see how Jesus in that story, he went across the lake to go save that demon-possessed man? Like, that, that's crazy. You know, they're thinking about Jesus. They're not thinking about, man, he was a great speaker. He was, you know, just forget me and let them just think about how can I get them to love Christ and not me. Um, okay, and so, so then I put the last thing here, just get out of the way of the scriptures. Um, I put Ephesians 4, or Hebrews 4.12 at the bottom. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the word of God is living and active. It's powerful. Okay, we see these verses. We know it's, just, it's, it's got power inherent in these words. Okay, so if all you do is you say, Man, I can't study out. It's just too much. But I, uh, yeah, I can meet up with a guy. And so you've got this coworker and said, "Hey, let's just. Would you want to meet up and study? The, I know you go to church. I just let's just meet up and read John chapter one together. And that's all you do. You get there. You kind of small talk with them. You say, "Let's just read this." You talk about it. Maybe just he asks a question or two. Okay, let's go. Let's call. Let's call it a day. You know. And, and that's all you do is read the, the Gospel of John or just one book. That's great. That's. I mean, the Word of God is like they're just listening to the the Word. I mean, they just. Think there could be one little statement in there, one little phrase that just haunts them for weeks. They go home thinking about, man, Jesus said that. Jesus, Jesus is, God. you know, they're just thinking about it. And God's spirit is taking that and he's using it to convict them, using it like he does. And so just at the very least, we can all just lead people. Just reading the Bible together is better than nothing. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I just want to encourage that. You can all do this. I mean, there's a little hump of awkwardness that we need to get over. And that's completely normal. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, the other, this last week I was sitting there with my coworker just saying, man, I want to share the gospel, but I, I'm scared. I don't, I don't, you know, and I, I didn't. And so there's, there's just that we all have that. We all just need to be like, okay, I know God's called me to, as an ambassador here. I know God, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I, just, I can just get over this hump. I can get, I mean, and maybe they meet up with you and be like, that was awkward, weird. Joe's a nice guy, but he's kind of nuts. I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. So you lost a friend or you lost an acquaintance because you're a weird Bible guy. Hallelujah. Great. I mean, that's what, that's, I mean, that's, that's what this life is about. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're, the Bible says, like, we will face persecution. And so we better face somehow, some way here in America. We better find it somehow. And so um, kind of just to close, let's flip to John chapter 1 really quickly because I just want to show you how this we can... You can do this. And um, John chapter 1 is a great place to start. So just as you're studying this, say I'm studying this in, in, my, in my quiet time in the morning. Okay, in the beginning was the word. Okay, so what is, I'm just writing out a question. What is, what is the beginning? In the beginning of what? Okay, the beginning of time, beginning of creation, beginning of everything. Writing an answer, okay. Uh, the word was with God. Okay, who is the word? What is the word? You know, that's a question. Writing out an answer. Or, um, verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. Okay, who is the he? Who does that he refer to, that pronoun? Who does that go to? Okay, Jesus, okay. Or, you know, verse 3, all things came into being through him. What is that communicating? Writing out an answer. And just so then I can meet with them, I can study through this. And particularly, I love um, John chapter 1 for this because um, one of the great things you can do is like, a lot of, a lot of times, the most obvious question is, what is the word? What is the, what is the word? And so I'll say, Okay, let's just keep studying. I'm not, let's just, they ask, well, what's the word? And I say, well, let's just keep studying the text and see if the text tells us what the word is or who the word is. And so you keep going through it. Then you get to John chapter 114. 
and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. So there you see, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And at that point, it's like, oh, the Word's Jesus. Oh, the Word, I mean, that Jesus was the God-man, came flesh and lived up. And so then I go back to John 1.1, 1, 1, I say, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. I mean, think about, if they come away from that time thinking about, man, the Bible teaches that Jesus is God. That's a huge idea. I mean, that's like, if they can get that and grasp it, that's huge. And just this one little study. And so, yeah, I hope you guys are encouraged. I hope you feel like you can think about, man, who in my life can I do this with? And before long, you have people in your life and you'll be discipling people and it'll be great. So, there you go. Thanks, guys.